As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to episode 100 of Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. I'm here with Casey Clapp. Hi, everyone. It's Casey Clapp here. Really looking forward to this house. <laughs> this is time to celebrate, isn't it? I surprised Casey. It's time to celebrate, Casey. <laughs> oh, I had no idea what you were about to do. As you counted that down. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you very much. Congratulations, uh, Alex. Congratulations, Casey. Do you ever, did you ever think we'd make it to episode 100? No, honestly, I didn't think we were going to go past 20, really. I thought we were going to do maybe a couple episodes, get to 20, and then be like, okay, I... This isn't going very far. Yeah. Let's, let's quit. My, my original guesstimate was six. That's right. I think I remember you saying that before. Wow. Look at us now. We smashed those records, didn't Jeez. we? Jeez. Okay. Now now what's the next record? It's usually like you have to get to 200, like double where yeah. you're at. But yeah. That's arbitrary. I'd rather just try to get to 101. Yeah. Well, we're going to do that uh, next week. Hey. Okay. Cool. Hey, let's celebrate then too. All right. Ah. Can we just, can, cel- can cool's, Cool and the Gang's celebration just be our theme song from now on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, let's, we shouldn't ask. I don't, do, can we ask them? Can we get that? Um, Are they okay we're just going to use it this once. Okay. And hope that nobody reports us Shh. or whatever. <laughs> no one say anything. This is a free podcast anyway. Well, Casey, <laughs> hello. Good morning, Alex. Is Good it morning. morning. It might be afternoon. It is 12.48 in the Dang p.m. Dang it. Okay, yeah, we're a little behind. Yeah, but we did just eat breakfast. It's so. true, which I, I hold that breakfast is the uh, the first meal of the day. doesn't matter when. It's always just the first meal. Sure, yeah. Yeah, because it's breaking your fast. Your fast is when you wake up. That's very technical of you. Thank you, Alex. Well, this is episode 100, Casey, and for, for episode 100, we have a special, like, uh, why did, why did I say like? We have a special premise for this episode, right? <laughs> yes, we do. We realized a couple weeks ago, yeah, that on this pod, on this very podcast, on this one you're listening to, we have never, yeah, covered a true fur. Exactly. I'm kind of shocked. I am too. It's one I I love them. I think they're so beautiful. Yeah. And normally, uh, I would just choose every other tree that I really want to do and then we would just, you know, make it happen. Right. Uh, so for whatever reason, you and I, we just kind of skipped right over it. We had no clue. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why, but hey, all that matters now uh, is that we're not only covering a true fur today. Exactly. We're covering two, two true fur. furs. This is a two fur Thursday. 
This is a two for one. That is, you initially said that. We actually had a completely different tree planned for today. And you're like, well, in episode 100, we should do a twofer. And immediately we were both like, yeah, I think we got to do a twofer. <laughs> Any other idea for our episode 100 just felt, it just felt wrong after it did. that idea. It really came did. Up. Yeah. It felt like it would be unpatriotic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So this if, is it's completely arbitrary. We're a company or a country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Freudian slip. Ooh. What's the difference really between a country and a company? Nothing. Taxes. I want a president who runs the co- the country like a company. You know? You know yeah. Honestly, <laughs> how refreshing would that be, Alex? <laughs> Do you remember really? that when he was when Trump was saying that? Oh yeah, and then everyone like <sighs> looked into his uh, his past. And they're like, right. He's also a horrible <laughs> runner of companies. <laughs> just to be very clear. Yeah. Every last cr- uh, country that he ran uh is bankrupt yeah uh, how do we deal with that even right? a casino which <laughs> seems impossible literally their business is making money yeah it, like that's the the whole thing you yeah. give them money and they may or may not give it back right Love usually it. not though usually not the house always wins as they say that's true and today casey the real winners here are our lovely fungal associates because they exactly. get two trees to talk about today. Two fur. We have the subalpine fur. That's right. Latin. Abies lasiocarpus. And the noble fur. I'm going to guess Abies nobilis. You used to be right, but they changed oh, it. Wow. Uh, and I believe they did it. I'm not sure if there was a, um, if it was just they found an older name for it. But Procera is what it is now. Abies Procera. Procera. Yes. Why? And, um, essentially, that means noble, but oh. nobilis actually usually refers to like an edible plant. So, oh, for instance, the uh, Loris nobilis is the bay laurel that we eat. Uh huh. Well, when in the in the subalpine fur again is Lasiocarpa. Lasiocarpa. Yes. Yeah. 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 Carpa. That usually is referring to a lot of different things. Sometimes it can be. Um, the leaves, sometimes it is actually the fruit. So a carpal. Carpal. It, yeah, that would be the seed or like the individual oh. ovum, the section that is the uh, the whole kind of tiny reproductive part of a I plant. I see. So uh, I'm not 100% sure what Lasiocarpa is. So give me a second. We'll look that up. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Casey yeah. is using his new completely arbitrary iPad, which is my old Alex Croson iPad. It's that. This is now for the... Uh, for the show. That's I'll say great. unofficially, although I would love to sell it to the company. I don't know who would be making money mm, there and who would be losing yeah, money. Yeah, I don't know about that. It might not be a good, you know, speaking of bad business. Yeah, bad man. business. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to let you run the country, Alex. No. Casey is scrolling. They see him scrolling. It means, and Lasiocarpa, Alex, means rough cones. Rough? It's referring to the, the cones. Okay. Well, speaking of the cones, Casey... I've got a couple specimens in well, front of me. Well, Alex, what do you have there? I have a subalpine fur that the tag says, Mount Hood 2018 Outside Collector. Yes, that was actually a fungal associate sent that over to us. Uh, again, ah. thank you. Um, yeah, I combined some of uh, uh, the, the cones that he sent over as well as my collection um, and used a couple things, but I unfortunately threw away the tag that said who it came from. So uh, you know who you are. Uh 
send me a message. I think we already asked for one of this before. We often have to say, yeah. you know who you are because exactly. we don't remember. We sometimes forget and we um, apologize profusely. And I will say about this subalpine fur cone that it would do very well as a character in a Hallmark romantic comedy. Oh, why is because that? Because it's so sappy. Oh, God. That was a Nick Weiger joke. That That's was, something he would say. Uh, and I should I should be more specific also. Uh, the Procera means high or tall. High or tall. Yes, it because is. Because it's a tall tree. It is a very tall tree. And speaking of tall trees, I've got a tall cone here. Oh my gosh, Alex, is that another this cone is, of a fir? It is. This is the noble fir. Our, yeah. our, uh, our very own. It's called the Abies Procera. And it's. Uh, it's adorable this is this is when i get up for show and tell and i realize i don't have anything to say about the thing i brought (laughs) anyway this is what i have (laughs) it's uh it's about six inches tall maybe yeah i think that's bit it uh, about the right size six to eight inches usually what they can get up to about two inches in i'll say diameter yeah um and it's got a very it's got a very fur looking cone Coneness to it, case, uh, but well, it's just big. It's just like yeah, zoomed in. It, it is. It's really they, they. A lot of times are described as barrel shaped, where yeah. it's it looks like a big barrel standing upright on the very tippy top, mostly uh, branches of the tree. And as you said, it looks very fur like. This is one of the things that sets true furs in the genus Abies apart from all other things that we call a fur, like a Douglas fur or a China fur, exactly. Those are not in the genus Abies because they are botanically way different. And the true firs, their cones always grow upright on the branches. I know another true uh, genus that does this. Yeah, The true cedars. The true cedars, yeah. That's exactly right. Okay. And the cedars, although funny enough, are not very closely related. Hmm. Uh, they are related, but not like super closely related. So they actually have... Thing, two they're still things. trees. They are. They're, t- they're trees. They're conifers. This is in the same family, the yeah. pine family, um, but they're kind of separated on different sides of the of the family. They're sister groups, I okay. believe. So uh, true fur, just like the true cedars, you're exactly right. The other thing that they have in common is that those cones will fall apart scale by scale. Right. So you have individual scales growing on a central axis, just like everything else in the pine family that are spirally arranged up that central axis. They are dioecious. Uh, they are... You got this. You got this. Alex is thinking. You can probably hear his brain whirring through the microphone that is now on his on his forehead. My rainbow wheel is spinning. I don't. <laughs> oh no, I can't remember what it's called. Dehiscent. Dehiscent. I knew Dehiscent. it was a D. Yes, you're very close though. I knew it sure with a lot a D, of people, though. A lot of people get those things confused. Yeah. All yeah. you got to do if you get the, as far as the D, then you know you, you, you're done. That's it. That's all you <laughs> got. That's all you got to do. You say <laughs> so, hey, it's that D word. I'll give you credit. Thank you. So the 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 true cedars are dehiscent. They fall. The cones fall apart piece by piece. Yes. In a very funny fashion. Right. True furs, not so much. They do, it's not quite as in a funny fashion, but they do fall apart piece by piece. Oh. Uh, same exact thing. They oh, they both, are dehiscent then. They are dehiscent, yeah, oh, both of them. Okay. That's why they're like, some people think that they're more closely related than they actually are. Yeah. Again, they're still in the same family, so they all, they're, they're close, 
close relatives, but not like one started growing needles in this way, the other started growing needles in this way. They split off for way different reasons, way further up. They just both happen to have the same cone strategies. Okay. So similar to how a spruce and a pine are very closely related, their cones are really similar and they just kind of do different things. But there's a lot of other things in the the fir or the I'm sorry, in the pine family mm. that also have like these all these unique traits in common. Some things do this, some things do that. For instance, the larches grow upright, but their cones don't fall apart. So there's okay. there's little things that you know you can find similarities between them yeah. all. But some of them are just superficial. It just happens to be that they do kind of the same thing. I gotcha. It's like families who like you know your cousin has your nose. Yes, exactly. But it's he's like, also like his a, a felon. And <laughs> I was gonna say he actually got a bunch of genes from a different person. So the nose is like yeah maybe but probably not. I see. That's, yeah, but maybe they're also a felon. That's also fine. I guess that's not necessarily in your DNA. It's <laughs> more nurture, I guess. Oh, wow. That, see, there's a there's a, a deterministic idea that you could say, yes. Yeah, you know, you've ever heard those people argue, like, a felon's always going to be a felon. Oh, God. He it's, probably would have done something anyway. Yeah, it's, it's like the old-fashioned, like, if you come from a certain family kind of thing, then well, it's you're very, just a bad apple. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I was talking more about the, the racist that's, thing yeah, that... That's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know. So anyway, that was a joke for those of you who are not paying attention, paying too much attention. And with that, we send you to a break. We'll be right back. Get. What? It's going to say, get ready. This is going to be a fun one. We'll be right back with a tale of two furs. Episode 100. More completely arbitrary after this. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary, Casey. Oh, Alex, are you okay? We had a bit, <laughs> had a bit of a technical uh, difficulty during the break, and that I was terrifying. I almost, I almost uh, had a bit of a panic attack. Yeah, everything you all just heard almost didn't exist. Yeah, it, it got deleted somehow, and then I couldn't, I couldn't for some reason undo the deletion. Holy shit! Um, although. Realistically, if that had happened, we would just record it again and everything would be fine. I mean, realistically, I guess that's true. But, you know, metaphysically, we almost lost our entire identities for the show. Well, Casey, today we're, we're talking two furs. It's we a tale of two are. furs. We're doing the subalpine fur and the noble fur. Two true furs. That is exactly right. In the family ABs. Yep. I should say something. This is It's been bothering me for many years. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there is a, when I was at the University of Massachusetts, um, one of my uh, plant professors, she was teaching the tree ID course, which I would have loved to teach. Like, I love doing that. And I was, you know, I was pretty good at this point already. And she she pronounced ABs, ABS. Okay. Like, something like kind of changed the emphasis. And I recall at the time, uh, when I, like when she said it, 
A, I was a little stunned. I was like, well, that's not how you say it. Then mm. I kind of like did the math in my head. And I was like, you could say it like that, like ABS, like that. I, I That's fine. Totally. But the way I commented at the time um, kind of seemed like I, I laughed, like, mm, huh, well, I've never heard someone say it like that. Mm. And I felt like a dick ever since. Because I hate when people like do that. Like you're teaching something. You're up there on stage or you're like putting yourself out there as the educator. And like, even if you get something wrong, even if you like, you know, whatever, whenever someone just like, like tries to zing you right then, like be like, oh no, you got that wrong. Or, like just kind of oh, God. throw shade at you while you're up there, like putting yourself out there. Yeah. I hate it. Like I absolutely despise it. Yeah. And That's I, such a vulnerable position. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I remember I, I'm fairly sure that I made her feel that way mm. at the time. And I still feel bad to this day. Almost every time I read that, I always think about it. So if you're out there listening, I, I apologize horrifically. Do you, <laughs> what a horrific apology! Yeah, well, Casey, I, I think mm. it's a, a uh, res- I think it's a uh, mature thing to say. Hey, I did this, I did this bad thing when I was thank younger. You. Yeah, well, I'd like to, I'd like to make amends. You are forgiven, my son. Yes, thank you, Father. <laughs> Alex, today uh. we're going to begin our subject with a lovely mm. little tree called the subalpine for Abies Lassio Carpa. All right. Have you ever seen one of these trees? Um, like in real life? Yeah. I mean, probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It's I've, been, a, I've been to Mount Hood. Yeah, it's a common tree up there. Yeah. And you people out there have probably also seen this tree. If you've <gasps> ever been to somewhere high elevation. Alex, what's up? I forgot to do as we do every episode. Oh my God, you're right. Let's imagine that you and I are walking. You just, just gave it right to me. On episode 100. That's right. We should change it up on episode 100. We I knew there was something that. missing. No, this is one of my few responsibilities. Let me have this. <laughs> Let's imagine that you and I are walking on a nice, on a nice, how about a, how about snow walking? Oh, okay. Or what is that called? <laughs> snow walking. Snowshoeing. <laughs> <laughs> At, on Mount Hood. Okay. And in front of us, we have this sort of uh, nice vista in front of us. And on one mm. side of this little hill, we have some subalpine fir. Yeah. And then on, kind of next to us on the other side are some big old noble fur. Ooh, yeah. Let's ID these trees. Wow, that's a change. That's yeah, new. First time ever. I'm excited to do it. This is actually one of my favorite forest types of of anywhere. And often you can actually find um, these two trees growing very close to each other, but very much not um, often that you would be able to like get them confused because the... Uh, subalpine fir grows up at higher elevations. You almost never find them below 3,000 feet elevation mm. in, say, the, the coast range. Um, in fact, really anywhere, because as soon as you go further east or further south, that elevation range actually gets higher, and you don't find them below, like, 10,000 feet, that kind of thing. So the word subalpine. Yeah. Can we talk about that? We totally can. Okay. So the idea um, alpine technically means above the tree line. These are trees that grow below the tree line. Exactly. Near the tree line. uh, They usually are the tree line. The tree line. Okay. So they would be, and then there's a few others like the um, bristlecone pine. If you're down further south up here, it would be the white bark pine. Mm -hmm. Those are the two species that would grow with it. Over, if you go uh, to the east and the south, like the in Oregon, it would be the Wallawa Mountains. You can also find limber pine growing at these really high, high elevations. Mm. But for the most part, 
the subalpine fir is going to be the the top tree. Okay. If you then find a mountain and you start climbing up out of the subalpine fir zone, getting higher, then you'll start finding if there is uh, enough space and soil and things. That's when you get the white bark pine. That's when you get the limber pine. Or again, if you're down the south, you'd get something like the Colorado bristlecone pine or the actual uh, bristlecone pine that everyone thinks of, the inner mountain bristlecone pine. So those are like alpine trees yeah those are all all right there but this is subalpine this is yes but that's kind of the funny thing because alpine means by kind of definition above the tree line right so you can't have an alpine tree because it's describing it you're describing the tree as growing above tree line which is intrinsically false you can't have a subalpine you can because that's below above the tree line uh no you you if what? alpine, hold, hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. If alpine means above the tree line. Yes. Subalpine would mean below above the tree line. Um, which makes no sense. Well, yeah, I get, well, subalpine just means below, uh, below that thing. So if you consider alpine in and of itself a thing, then alpine is the, the space above wherever the trees stop. So if you're sub that, your subalpine fir is the fir that grows just before alpine where there are no trees. You're talking natural science. I'm talking language. Oh, that's what's that, that's what the a, problem here. What a goddamn mess. Anyway, let's talk about the overall morphology <laughs> of the subalpine fir, Casey. All right. Well, this is a tree that is, um, it's really unique and you can always tell it apart if you kind of know what you're looking for. Mm. I say that because sometimes it actually is very challenging, but in other times, easiest thing in the world so as a fur it has uh these very dark needles and they're very blunt Hmm. so the the Hmm. if you get up really close the top of the needle does not have a a pokey bit on it yeah maybe up at the very very tippy top of the branches they'll be a little bit more pointed but for the most part they're completely rounded and they're really like pleasantly lovely to touch as we've said before um fur f Friendly. If you yes. shake a hand with a fur, precisely, it's a friendly handshake. It's not going to poke you to death. Yeah, exactly. Although I look at these, I look at these needles, and I actually think they look a lot like spruce needles. They do. Yes, they. That is very accurate. And obviously, the way that you tell them apart, spruce needles are the exact opposite of friendly. They'll they're, fuck you up. Yeah, they are spiky. Spruce Make you bleed. Es- spiky. Yeah. Oh, those spruce. Es- right into you. Very good. Yeah. Don't like to touch anything. Those spruces. Yeah. But our fur here, it has lovely little, um, little. I think they're probably about an inch or so long, the needles, and they have white lines of stomatal bloom on the top and on the bottom. Hmm. So they're very dark, but if you look closely at the leaves, you can see this white on the top and on the bottom cool. of the needle, which is important because the only tree that you'd really uh, be able to confuse them with is the Pacific silver fir, and the Pacific silver fir, green on top, white underneath interesting the silver fur is silver when you flip it over subalpine fur has a little bit on top and a little bit on bottom i feel that often uh stomatal lines exist usually on the bottom of the yeah, needle very often so when okay. they're on top it's a really good id characteristic there you go funny thing is the noble fur is the same thing they have um, it sometimes on top and on bottom so but there are other there are other characteristics that set yes, those apart exactly so the big thing is that the subalpine fur grows 
tiny. It's a tiny little tree, mm. Alex. It stays very um, spire-like the entire time it grows, where normally you'd expect as a tree grows up, then it kind of creates a triangle shape, yeah. you know, as everything gets bigger and the triangle almost moves upwards as new branches grow up and they grow out. And then the lower branches are already out, so they grow out a little bit more. I you know? never put it together that that's why trees are triangle shaped. Oh God, really? Because the the limbs at the bottom have been growing longer than the ones at the top. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Alex, what a breakthrough! <laughs> episode one hundred. Episode one hundred. We're doing it, folks. We're we're doing it. That is yeah. so interesting. There you go. Wow, I probably should have put that together a little sooner than one hundred. Yeah, well, it's a no celebration of stupidity. No here. one's keeping track, Alex. All right, all right. Wow. That so is, when you say, yeah. so they're more they're more columnar. Yes. Um, would you say like they're the Italian stone pine of the fir family? Ooh, no, actually. And not the Italian stone pine. You meant just the Italian, Italian cypress. cypress. Yeah. In fact, no on both accounts. Okay. Because the difference between those two trees, the Italian stone pine mm-hmm. has a decurrent growth pattern. So as it grows up, all of its branches grow up and out. So it looks like a big umbrella. Okay. The same thing happens with the Italian cypress, but the Italian cypress all the branches stay really tight and still grow really upright. So it's almost like every branch is trying to grow directly upwards. Yeah. In subalpine fir, the branches grow exactly horizontally, mm. but they don't grow really long until they're way down lower on the tree. I see. So it stays really, really tight, and it has these really thick, stout branches where Every year it grows up just a little bit higher, but the whole thing is just like a really tight knit tree canopy. A little spindly tree. Very spindly and very, very robust. It's got a great look to it, doesn't it? It does. And it just makes it, it like if you ever see the people are skiing or something and they you have these trees that are like caked in snow, but they just look like these tiny little sentinels out mm-hmm. there. Those are probably subalpine fir. They've got a great like uh almost like Tim Burton feel to them. They do. They really do, yeah. Because they're so they're so skinny and like spiny, you know? Yes, that's a perfect description. And they're usually very very dark, even though they do have those stomatal blooms, hmm. they still have really dark, dark green needles. Okay. And they grow like that, um, again, at the highest elevation, so they just look like a bunch of little like gothic spires yeah. coming out of the side of a hillside. Very gothic. Yeah, they, <clears throat> they're super goth trees, for sure. Full of full of little gargoyle cones. Exactly, there's little uh, gargoyle cones. Can, can we talk about the bark before we talk about the cone? Oh, we sure can. It is perpetually youthful. The bark? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, forever young. Huh? Forever young. The uh, you, Whenever you expect a tree, as it grows uh, and ages, the bark tends to get a little bit more rough, tends to get sure. a little bit more um, kind of furrowed and some cracks in it, things yeah. like that. For whatever reason, the subalpine fir just doesn't do that as much. I see that. Wow. Yeah, stays really smooth almost its entire life. And like most firs, it has a tiny bunch of tiny little um, uh, blisters on the bark. Are these not lenticels? No, they're not lenticels. They look just like lenticels. They do, but these little blisters are actually packed full of um, resin. So if you pop them, they'll just kind of go bleh. And I'm, then you you remember this as I a child? I have a recovered memory. Yes. Oh, yeah. I used to love to pop those little bubbles. Everyone does. They're wow. so much fun. Yeah. Okay. And they're, they're just there just in case an insect comes around, something comes and tries to peck into it. Okay. All of a sudden they just explode out and then you're covered in this really sticky, delicious smelling, but sticky, awful sound. Yeah. 
And that is, yeah, they just keep that their entire lives. Interesting. And yeah. speaking of sap, Casey. Yes. The cone of the subalpine fir, uh, the at least the specimen you have here is extremely sappy. They are mostly like that. It's a good characteristic, actually, to identify them from. So usually those little cones, and again, they grow upright on the top, very most top branches of the cone, so mm. or of the tree. So if you ever want to get them, you have to climb up to the top or wait for a squirrel to chew it and they fall down to the wow. ground. Wow. Okay. So this is uh, one of them. It was cut just a little bit before it was um, really ready to go. And that makes it so that they don't fall apart. Because when they are really ripe, you dry them, they will almost explode. They just dry and start falling apart. It, it definitely it looks just, I mean, like the scale structure yeah. looks very much like a cedar cone. It totally does, yeah. And that is not by design, because like I said, they're just a little bit apart. Yeah. But you can find those similarities because they've developed the same technique. They've okay. ad- adapted, rather, their adaptations um, are so similar that you can see that kind of convergent uh characteristic of those cones being dehiscent and growing in the same way gotcha but the other thing that you notice they do tend to be covered in sap yeah who knows why but they end up just kind of going bleh and just getting completely covered so it helps with uh fire sometimes where it has to get warmed up in order for the cone to really like open and start to let everything fly away but that's the thing these are trees that are not fire resistant at all they don't live a very long time. They tend to actually grow at the highest elevations where sometimes fire just doesn't come through very often just because they're kind of widely spaced. It's usually very cool and moist for a lot of the year. And they just generally don't have a whole lot of protection. However, they are very well adapted to just continuing existence hmm. kind of like the uh uh what's it tree the bristlecone pines yeah they can just get blasted by these high elevation windstorms and ice and snow nah, they're just fine they'll just keep doing it they're sort of like a um they're, they're just like a, a weathered old man who's lived yeah. outside his entire life and is yeah. used to like the cold winds and... i love that you bring that up because mm. they have a they, they constantly, not constantly, but often, grow in the same form uh, that we've seen in other trees called a crummeltz. Are you familiar with this? Oh, boy. I, I, it sounds sort of familiar, but no, basically. Well, I think we've talked about it a few times, okay. but it, essentially, uh, crumb is, it's all German. It means crooked, bent, or twisted, and holds means wood. Oh. And so it really just means like, like a twisted woody mess of of a plant that grows at these high really exposed elevations and it's the stunted growth that gives them like this appearance of like wind swepness mm. yet sometimes it's that they have been growing underneath snow for decades yeah. and the snow melts and they grow a half an inch then they get snowed on again and they do that for 30 years so then they're 15 inches tall you know and so then it's like okay now i've waited another 30 years to get another little bit wow and then the wood on the backside because every year they're putting on one ring of growth most of the time mm-hmm. Wood on the the windward side gets hammered by ice crystals and dies. And so then the top part that's now 15 inches tall dies, has to start over. Mm. And it just keeps doing that over and over for maybe 
200 years and you get this really weird looking hard like tree that's like it doesn't move half of it's dead only on the leeward side of the wind are there some living things that just made it over the snow interesting you know? so that's the the crumult so it's a really good descriptor can i name a few other trees that i suspect are crumults oh yeah um cr- is crumults a v- uh, noun or an um, adjective you know that's a good i think it's a uh, what is it? it would be like it's growing in a crumult's form. So I guess it would be oh. a noun and an adjective. Okay. So a crumult's is a kind of tree, but it's more of a shape that a tree takes. Okay. Yeah. I I like thinking about it in the same way of like chutzpah. Oh. Like this tree has a lot of crumult's. Ah, know? yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's quite like that, but I actually really <laughs> prefer that as well. Giving it's, it a measure of its crumultness. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So bri- uh, bristlecone pine. Yes. Shore pine. It can, yes. It does that okay. on the coast, actually, is when it would really yeah. get that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the black spruce. Sometimes, yeah. Because it would do that while it's growing up in the higher latitudes, like in the Arctic. Yeah, that's where, where I'm, yeah. Yeah, The perfect. drunken forest I'm thinking of. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You're, you're totally right that it would end up doing that. The one difference being... It would have to be in an, an exposed location where it's getting a lot of wind, because generally it's the yeah, wind okay. plus the harsh conditions are what really create a crumult's effect. I got you. Yeah, well, the other the other big one I'm thinking white bark pine. Yeah, hundred percent. That that and uh, and bristlecone pine. I feel yeah. like are the big the two big crumult's kings. I think you're totally right, and okay. you generally find those as you noted the high, really rough elevations where it's the only it's the last place any tree can grow. Yeah, way out on the coast where it's exposed to like these intense winds and salt spray and there's just rocks that it's growing on or way up north in the arctic where all those same things happen it just is more due to the latitude than it is the altitude or the location next to the coast gotcha so you 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 got it spot on so the last thing to note about the form of these trees is that they get what people call skirts are you familiar uh, with the uh, skirts? Well, I can infer what it means. Yeah, it's a, it's essentially a skirt. It's a literal skirt. <clears throat> yes, this is you actually harvest them, and that's how that's how, that's we how get you skirts. get them. In, you know, at uh, Palm Beach or whatever people do during spring break. Every young Southern belle, yep, has and it's sort of their their version of a bar mitzvah. Yeah, where they a bar a bat mitzvah. mitzvah excuse me. Hey, <laughs> don't go give us a bar mitzvah. <laughs> where they where they travel up north. And harvest a skirt off yes, of subalpine fir. Exactly. Bring it home for their for them uh, being presented to society. Precisely. It's really a lovely tradition. <laughs> well, okay. So a skirt, I'm assuming, is like the bottom branches. Yeah. Just like grow out really far. Yeah. And yeah. like kind of make a make a sort of like Christmas skirt. That's perfect. Christmas tree skirt. Yeah. You're you're literally spot on. Why do they ha- Why do they do that? Well, because it is where that would be. Um, again, as you're you just learned today, or rather, as you just had the realization, the branches that are closest to the ground are the ones that have been growing the longest. Yeah. So every year when the snow melts, they grow out a little bit further. Sure. And when the snow hits them, they actually will fall and hit the ground. So they just get kind of weighted down over time, and then. 
as it gets weighted down, they will put in roots from wherever their old branches hit oh, new ground. Wow. So then from there, they would maybe put up another terminal shoot and then they'll grow into another little tree. Wow. And this is called layering. I mean, it makes sense. They gotta they gotta put up some protection for the main Yeah, right? The That's main a fun stem idea. there. And sometimes that main stem will even die, yet the the outer branches that have layered and started to grow upright. Mm-hmm. will remain so you actually get these little like rings and groups of trees where maybe the initial the first living stem died wow uh, and then it kind of moves out remember uh when we talked about the uh norway spruce um there was that tree that they're like this might be the oldest tree in the world it was like a ten thousand year old um spruce tree yeah that had actually been just layering itself for generations right so that is the 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 tree that exists there now is potentially i don't know 20 years old like the stem Hmm. but the roots and where it'd been actually layering from the root system of that tree as an aggregate would have been 10,000 years old jeez so uh yeah so that's what uh that's what these trees do and so they end up creating these fun little like like groupings like what you're talking about and those little uh, the the skirts around kind of create what you think is a shrub like it looks like there's this big shrub with these tall spires coming up from it and it's like a really interesting kind of like visual appearance where you look off up the side of this mountain and you just get like this bloop this little splat of trees growing over there then another little splat of trees over here when usually there was some microclimactic thing that allowed a tiny seedling to grow and take hold against all the odds then it became a larger tree but Never really over 80 feet tall. So this layering, is it sort of, from the tree's perspective, is it sort of like insurance? Oh, Like just know, trying to put out more growth so that if something happens, because the, the conditions are so wild. I know? would bet you that it is, okay. yeah. I think it's that, but it also might be that they just adapted to put roots in the ground wherever there happened to be. They were hitting the ground for so long yeah. that they're like, you know what? I could just get more stuff you right might as here. Well, yeah. So I bet you you're right. It's an adaptation to help them live in really harsh conditions. Yeah. And it also creates this mat that is kind of protected. So even if snow falls yeah. on top of it all and it's covered in snow, you still have like this kind of warm layer of the roots surrounding this tree that snow of course insulates so it might be just kind of keeping itself a little bit warmer over time so i bet you you're right that it is an adaptation there you go before we move on to the noble fur yes i want to quickly talk about and very quickly talk about snow wells oh sure okay uh which i think is a fascinating phenomenon i I, of course have seen them before and like they kind of freak me out a little bit yeah um but you told me what they actually are and it blew my mind. Uh, give uh, give us a rundown. Well, a tree through its its work that it's doing on the inside uh-huh. puts out a very minimal amount of heat uh-huh. and melts the snow directly touching the uh, the the main stem. Yes, and so it creates a little snow well next to the trunk. 
Yes, so that's true, but the I think we might be conflating because there's like big snow wells, like if you're out <clears throat> snowing or uh, skiing in the snow or something. Yeah. If you fall into one of those, that is also more of the tree itself kind of sheds snow to the side. Okay. So then you can fall underneath where the canopy comes over. Ooh. But that isn't so much the tree doing it, but what you're talking about, what we had talked about, is really uh, small amounts where then it's not quite big enough that you can actually fall into it all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's not quite a, a tree well in the sense of um, you're skiing, you fall into it, and no one ever finds you because you can't claw oh, your way out. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's kind of terrifying. That This, uh, what you're talking about, is exactly right, but it's more like a very tiny layer or during the springtime. Oh. Where you would like, you like see some trees, you see snow melting, and then you notice that there's a ring around each tree. Yeah. That is that phenomenon. Oh, that's not called a snow well? I I don't think it's directly called it. And I think rather more precisely when someone says a snow well, their mind thinks of the the bigger spaces between trees and packed or deeper Uh, snow that you can't quite get out of. Well, I'm no skier, no snowboarder. Yeah, me neither. So I guess that's, Um, uh, you know, we're we're both a little out of our league here. I mean, thank goodness. (laughs) Uh, So Casey, let's talk about the noble fur, our, our two fur. That sounds like a great idea, Alex. So the noble fur, and we decided to do these because they they kind of both, they're both true furs, and they're also both true furs that I personally really love, but they also ended up doing almost the exact kind of opposite things in life. Mm. It's kind of like you have these two siblings, one decides to go to Wall Street, make their fortune, and... (laughs) They are millionaires without even blinking an eye. Yeah. But they also kind of live the high life and they are all about all these, you know, really bougie things about New York. Then the other sibling lives out in Montana. Yeah. 100% away from everybody else. On the family farm. Yeah. Talks to, you know, the wolves that come by and the birds (laughs) and, you know, writes poetry and says 16 words per day but only six times uh, or six days a month, like very quiet with, yeah, yeah, do that. Do the math. Six words a day, but six times, six days a month. Yeah. So, so So 36 words a month. Uh, no, 16 times six. So that's that's more like eight times 12, uh, which is, (laughs) (laughs) uh, does that that help you out? I think it's 84. Uh, Really falling down the snow well this episode. <laughs> yeah, we really are, aren't we? All right. Uh, yeah, so they 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 kind of they took these intense routes. Yeah, yeah. Yet, but they're brothers. They're brothers. They're like, they're not like as furs go. They're obviously very closely related. But if you were putting them together and say, well, how closely is each one related as compared to all the other furs? They're kind of somewhere in the middle. They're not like okay. besties, but they are. They grow in the same place. They sometimes will hybridize very far south. But the thing is, the subalpine fir grows all over the west. I think we said this. It grows from the Rocky Mountains down to Mexico, New Mexico, at all these really high elevation places. Right. However, the noble fir grows 
only in this tiny little zone from northern, maybe northern California, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about why that's a maybe, all the way up through uh, British Columbia, and that's it. Wow. Only grows on the either the the topmost points or kind of the, the high elevation, but not gigantically high elevation places in the Cascades and the Sierra Nevada, and only on like the west side a couple places in the coast range you can find them at mary's peak uh in the coast range in oregon or on um the slopes of the uh, olympic peninsula Mm -hmm. way out there in washington that's just that's it that's where they grow Mm. so you have this one tree that uh the subalpine fir that's kind of uh it grows everywhere and it kind of does it does a little bit with everything it'll hybridize over here sometimes it'll change a little bit to be over there and then you have the noble fir that's just like thank you i'm fine where i'm at right but in that regard they also did an opposite thing where the noble fir is a big big tree yeah let's talk about how big it is the largest of all the fur species. Wow. It can get easily up to about maybe 250 feet tall. And Damn. Like, I think some of them that I have uh, read about, like eight to nine, 10 feet in diameter, and some probably even larger. Really? They are massive trees. That's like creeping up on like sequoia territory, no? Well, yeah. I mean, they would compete, but that is when the that is when the noble fir is like 400 years old uh-huh. and the sequoia can get that big when it's like 86. Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't really have uh <clears throat> it doesn't still, care too much. That's impressive that it can that it can even grow that big period. Yeah, right? And it's it's one of those things where the fir trees as as you think of general abies they kind of all grow the same way they're all at high elevation moist habitats they generally like to be where everything's a little bit more cushy but also a little bit more intense than Mm. other trees can do they don't like competition a lot many of them are shade tolerant some of them are not but the the noble fir is the the superlative of all of those. Yeah. And comparatively, the subalpine fir is kind of the anti-superlative, hmm. where it does not grow really, really huge. A lot of the other trees will easily be, you know, 100, 150 feet tall. They'll get really big in diameter. A giant subalpine fir that's like maybe three feet, four feet in diameter, hmm. that's a Big, big tree. Okay. They just generally don't live that long. Okay. But it's, it. I guess the point we're, we're making here is that noble fir, very big tree on a, on a specimen scale. Yes. Al- subalpine fir, very big tree on a geographic scale. Yes. That's the perfect, okay. perfect way to describe it. When you look at them on a map, they're opposites. And when yeah. you look at how they got there, they're also <clears throat> opposites right, about it. Right. Yes. I think you're right. Okay. So like some of the oldest trees are like 320 years old, 350, 300 years or more is easily how old the, uh, the noble firs can get. So I think I said 400 earlier. Mm-hmm. So that's like on the highest range, very likely some trees can get there, but it's sure that some disturbance is going to come through and end up affecting them before they can reach that age. Got it. Casey, let's talk overall morphology of yeah. the noble fir. So the noble fir is a shade intolerant tree. Sometimes when they're younger, um. they can kind of chill in the shade for a while and they can just kind of cook. But they like to grow and dominate the forests yeah, that they're in. Yeah, clearly. 
They have a uh, bluish cast to all of their uh, limbs, especially in the sun, mm. where they have the, the same amount of, or rather a little bit more stomatal bloom on the top and the bottom of their leaves. So they really appear to be um, super blue. Now, the thing is, they will grow up and they are called initially noble fur because David Douglas, our Scotch botch, ah. he was like, that is one of the most beautiful trees i've ever seen i love the way david douglas names trees right he's he, this just, this is a noble tree this is a ponderous tree i will call them ponderous tree and noble tree yeah that's what a what a sweetheart he is he's a sweetheart and he just like he got this right and he also um the tree that this is most closely related to that in fact it hybridizes with as you go south that was the question about does it go into california mm. it actually hybridizes with the shasta or into the shasta red fur and it hybridizes with the red fur of california okay david douglas saw that tree and said this tree is magnificent mm. so he named that Abies Magnifica, Abies <laughs> Procera, or Abies Nobilis. And then, uh, so all the furs, uh, and Abies um, Amabilis also means like beautiful. Like there's everyone, when they first saw these trees coming from Europe, were like, oh my God, these furs are outstanding. This is a this is a hot tip for any botanist. Name with how the tree makes you feel. Yes, thank you. Oh, that would be so good if they're just like, this is the passionate tree. Yeah. It makes me feel passionate. Yes. Abies passiona. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I, I don't like when it's, I don't like when a tree is named like, like Magnolia grandiflora. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Has a big flower. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, that's pretty boring. What about Magnolia beautifica? Ah, yes. <laughs> Add a little more. I think that sounds great. Add a little more like. Uh, specialness to the yeah, whole thing. a little emotion in our science. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that, Casey. I agree, Alex, as every scientist is like, no! <laughs> opposite! Opposite! Uh, it's so good. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, so, yeah, they get big, Alex. Wow. I think that's just the easiest way to put it. These trees get huge. Yeah. They dominate. If you want to see some of the biggest and the best, go to um, the area uh, around Mount St. Helens that has not been blown o- blown over. <sighs> okay. Um, some of the just the best, biggest ones I've seen were hiking a trail that goes around Mount St. Helens. And on the side that did not explode, oh my mm. God. I've never seen noble firs wow. this big. Like it, They were by far the biggest I've ever seen. They're, I want to see them. They're giant. Yeah, we can go up there sometime. It's a bit of a hike, but we can get there. Uh. Alex like, nah, take a picture. Well, no, I, I'm just, no, my thought was I would like to do that. Yeah. I'm just really out of shape. Hey, it takes one step at a time. Oh, you're telling me. Yeah. Well, let's see. What else about these trees is great? Oh, the cone, Alex. <laughs> like you have to think I about it. Have yeah, I've got the cone it. here. I kind of already described it. It's, yeah. it's a big old chonker. Well, and the thing to, to really exemplify, or really to point out, which is exemplifying of this tree, of this cone. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to keep going, Alex. All right. Yeah, those words proper no edits this episode oh. that's no sleep till brooklyn <laughs> yeah yeah I, I caught that okay that was good. That was really good. <laughs> there, was, there was no like borrowed word that belonged in both <laughs> yeah we just so i just yeah except no yes that's, that's okay one. yeah that was that was it yeah that's how you recognize it <laughs> yeah that's how i got it go ahead uh so the cone you can obviously it has bracts that are popping out of it 
Yeah. Oh, these are bracks. Yeah, those are all bracks. So all of those bracks, uh, they are ex- extended, or they would call them exerted. Hold on. Do bracks can bracks be a part of the cone scale? They can be, yes, but also technically they are different things. Wait a minute. Can may I? Uh, yes, but be very very careful. Uh, very careful. Alex opens the jar. Oh, uh, maybe I won't. I don't. The, I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, it does. Uh, the best way to do it is to tip it into your hand and let it slide out. Okay, I am now seeing. Here we go. The the things that I th- oh, it is very delicate. Yeah, it, it's moving as I touch it. <laughs> um, the things that I thought were the cone scales. Yeah, are actually little. Bracks. Nice. There we go. They're in between the cone scales, and I thought they were the cone scales. Precisely. They've got little mouse butts like a Douglas They fur. do. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So you remember our uh, our cone of the month a few months ago? It was the bristle cone fur, which is Abe's Bracteata. Yes. Those have the same kind of thing, except that central axis, that central point mm-hmm. on the cone bracts is exerted at like two inches long. Like they just keep growing yeah. and growing and growing. So this is one of the key things oh, about noble wow. fir. If you're ever in the Pacific Northwest, you see a giant tree and you're like, what is this? The answer is likely going to be noble fir if the cone is growing at the very tippy top and it's growing upright and it's big, six or eight inches, and it has all of these long tails like the Douglas fir popping out. Wow. So um, to your question, the cones uh, of conifers have scales and bracts. Most of the time, the scales grow big and the bracts kind of either disappear or are completely gone and have just kind of uh, been evolved away. Um, But often, they're actually right there together the whole time. Mm. And most of the time, you just can't see them on, say, true firs because the bract itself is inside it doesn't grow out exerted from the rest of the cone right so if you are down in california and you see a big tree and you're like oh my god this thing's huge i think this might be a noble fir if the cone scales are not uh also accompanied by these bracts then it is actually a red fir okay baby's magnifica red fir no bracts yes now if you're up in the middle between the ranges around say crater lake you get the shasta red fir which is Abies cross shastensis so that's the hybridization of the red fir and the noble fir exactly okay. and of course what do you get bracts that pop out kind of halfway ah uh, that's that so simplistic it is it's so simplistic <laughs> and it's just so it's so lovely to see something make so much sense i you love know? it when you, you you mix this color and that color you get the color that's in between right this is that case Wow. Now, I should say the other thing is that you can tell these two trees apart. Uh, on the noble fir, the basal bud scales are pubescent, and they have just like a tiniest little bit of, of hair growing on them. Okay. And then, uh, and that's like right in the middle. Along the outside, they're glabrous. They, you you they say set th- these two apart. You mean red fir and noble fir? Yes, correct. Okay. And this is all noble fir. Yeah. Uh, the seed cones have that exerted bract uh, that's popping out. Yeah. And the leaves usually have what's called an adaxial 
a longitudinal groove. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that good, dude? Dude, uh, okay. Ad axia uh, longitudinal groove. We man. have we have the name of our <laughs> funk band, Longitudinal Groove. <laughs> yeah, we do. Wow, it's a what long a great groove, man. What the hell is that, Casey? So ad axial is referring to the part that would, if you uh, bent it naturally it would be next to the axis got it so if you're thinking of a cone scale of a pine cone or something Mm -hmm. it is the part when that cone is closed that is facing the middle so it would be considered the upper side when it pops out the top of a a scale where the seeds sit exactly so for this on the individual needle like leaves that are linear singly born that the top side of the needle has a little groove in it. And that is very important because the red fur does not have that little groove. What is the point of the groove? So that us humans can tell it apart, Alex. That is a great lyric, though. <laughs> what is the point of the groove? Boop, doop, boop, 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 yeah. boop, boop. And then the whole rest of the band has to yell back what yes. it is. Yes, yeah, it's a call yes. and response sort of thing. So that's, uh, that's one of the big things. Uh, okay. The other thing is that uh, the as it grows out, it kind of curves right at the base. So it has like a hockey stick style. Like if you pull the needle off, it looks like a little little teeny tiny hockey stick. Very interesting. Yeah. So there's a little sports metaphor for you, uh, <laughs> you sports fans out there. Thank you. It's how I understand things best. Right. Well, Casey, I think this is a good time to get into our review of these two furs. I think that's very fair. But as is tradition, we got to take a quick break, but we will be right back with our reviews of the subalpine and the noble furs right after this. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the subalpine fur and the noble fur, and here are our reviews therein thereof we're gonna give some final thoughts about these trees and then give them each a rating of zero to ten golden mm. cones of honor casey yeah. as our resident crummeltz we'll begin with you well thanks alex you crooked old man oh uh, so this is actually this is gonna be a hard one i mean all we gotta do is kind of talk about the 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 special characteristics of these trees so before i just want to do if it's okay a quick rundown of the differences if it's quick it's gonna be quick okay high skinny short-lived, skirted, very beautiful. That was subalpine fur. Subalpine fur. <laughs> you should label these as you do that. I think you did a good job. <laughs> Noble uh, fur? Gigantic. Yep. Quite a statement piece. Prettier because I kind of like the color a little bit better. Mm. Not very friendly. Doesn't like to be around a lot. Very, very particular place to grow superlative. These are my these are my very quick. That was very quick. Things. I appreciate that. Okay. Thank you, Alex. I don't know how to. I, I get. I, so I, I assume we can give one to each, right? Yes, we're giving two scores okay. here. So for the subalpine fir, as one of my top favorite trees, just because I love how it grows, I love where it grows, and I love when you get up to the point where you find them, mm. you know you're in a place that's tough. No. Everything else grows below that point. Right. Once you get up to that point, you know that everything up there is kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we we cool. We can hang up here. <laughs> All the rest of the stuff chills way low. It's the big leagues. It is. It's it's the big leagues. It was uh, my second tattoo of uh, cone on my arm. Oh. So I would like to give this tree an eight point eight. Wow, eight point eight golden. Cones Very good. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's beautiful. I love the spire shape of it. I love finding them, climbing them, kind of, hmm. and snagging those cones because I you know, kind of do it all the time. To the top of a, of, of a, of a subalpine fir? Yeah. They I guess they're not very tall. Exactly. They don't grow very tall. And okay. if you can get them, uh, if they're old enough and uh, they're not too tall, mm-hmm. you don't even need to climb them. You can just maybe like walk over and be like, no, no, no. If you shake them, then they kind of fall apart. Oh, right. You to, yeah. You have to climb up and like spin them off when they're oh. like still wet <laughs> right? and then let them dry like in a safe space. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go an 8.8. 8. 8.8's great. Now, for the noble fur, I have to give it a little bit of a higher score because it is a superlative tree. Yeah. And when you see the, the superlative trees, they blow your mind. I'm going to go with a 9.2 Wow. for the noble fur. Very good. I think that they spot on hit the mark with their name. 9.2? 9.2 for the noble fur. And... 8.8. 8.8 for the, the subalpine fir. Well, it, it would it makes sense that the subalpine fir score is a little sub noble fir score, <laughs> sure Casey. doesn't it? I wow. agree, Alex. I love that synergy. Yeah, it feels good. The creative synergy. <laughs> Great scores, Case. What do you think, Alex? Now, these um, trees, uh, I, you've been familiar with them before yes. our talk today. Yes, for sure. As an Oregonian, I'm, I've been around these trees a lot. Yeah. Um, although I maybe didn't necessarily know what they were. Oh yeah. I will admit I'm as an adult, I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a winter outside goer. Yeah. (laughs) As a child, you know, we would go up to Mount hood all the time and, Uh you know, uh, inner tube and drink hot cocoa in the lodge there. Sounds lovely. It was it was a lot of fun. I just haven't done it as an adult. Actually, I kind of want to. Yeah. But like the youth, the cool youth snowboarders kind of scare me. Oh, sure, yeah. So I try to avoid where they would be. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just don't go to snow. I never go anywhere I, where there's snow. I really don't go to snow. <laughs> okay. I would love to go to snow. I don't know what to wear. I don't have any snow clothes. Yeah, okay, yeah. you got to start somewhere. That's, that's a good place to start. Uh, so subalpine fur, I think, is just okay for me. Um, I'm going to give it like a 7.5. Wow. And that's just off the off the dome. I feel like hey, that's a good place for that. You got to start there. You got to go You got to go with your gut. But the noble fur. Hmm. I've always been attracted to. Okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I saw you glance at that <laughs> cone right there. Yeah, I know what um, you mean. Casey, do you mind if I uh, keep this overnight? Actually, Alex, I do. <laughs> Good call. I give the noble fur. I've, I've, I have great admiration for the noble fur. Okay. I give it, I'm going to give it a nine. Whoa. It's a nine. It's a nine, Casey. And you know what that means. I do know what that means. Oh my gosh. Alex, I want to know more about what, what puts it up to nine for you. Great cone. I think the cone's fantastic. I love that it have, has Douglas fir style bracts. Yes. Or maybe Douglas fir has noble fir style bracts. Hey, now that's a, that's a question for the ages in a literal sense. I love that it's dehiscent. I yeah. think that's a very unique, cool characteristic. It really is. It's I very love that cool. about cedars as well. Okay. I like the size. It's a big cone. It is. I think uh, as, as well as it being a superlative of all the uh, of all the furs, mm-hmm. I think it also has a superlative cone, just like the yes. Banksia, where it's the it just has the biggest flower. Yeah. 
I just I like it, and we I should, like I like how big it grows. Too. Yeah, maybe we should call this the bull uh, the bull fur. The bull fur. Yeah, very good, Casey. Love it. As our as our bull fur has received a nine point two from you and a nine point zero from me. If you're new to the show, if a tree gets a nine point zero or more from both Casey and I, it receives the honor of being inducted into the Golden Arboretum of Honor with the induction song to the noble fur. We honor you. (laughs) This is not the song I expected. (laughs) With Cool in the Gang celebration for our 100th episode. (laughs) That that was what that was. I was listening and I was like, Alex is playing all the wrong notes. (laughs) Oh my God, he's going to be so upset. Did you forget the song? You just did Uh, celebrate. Yeah, just the just the vocal melody. Oh, good for these trees. <laughs> good for these trees. That was our review of the subalpine fur and the noble fur, a two for one. Oh my God, Casey, Alex, what do we got? It's time for our segment, and as as uh, in honor of our one hundredth episode. <laughs> in honor of our one hundredth episode, get a little tongue tied. One hundred. I've got a little surprise for you. Okay. Today, we are time traveling all the way back to episode one of Completely Arbitrary. (laughs) Okay. And uh, we're going to chat to our old friends, 2021 Casey and Alex. Let's hear what they have to say. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Completely Arbitrary. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. I am another one of your hosts. My name is Casey Clapp. Yay! Hey, Casey. Hey, Alex. How's it going? It's great, man. I am just nothing but smiles right now. Yeah, same. Yeah. I can't turn it off. Yeah, no, it's because your mug is too gorgeous. Oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, Casey, this is our first episode of our new podcast. The inaugural episode yeah why don't you what what is this what is what is this shit what are we doing what are we doing what are we why am i sitting here all right so here's the lowdown basically we wanted to put something together collaborate Mm -hmm. and so i was like you know what i have so many opinions on trees that's right i was like alex do you have any opinions on trees and your response was no yeah i'm uh i have none so I said, let's put that together and make something cool. Whee! All right, that's not exactly how it happened. But basically, this is a podcast about trees and tree-related things. Trees and other related topics. That's right. Every single week, uh, Casey is going to pick a tree. Mm-hmm. And he's going to bring it to the table, and we're going to talk about it. And he's going to educate us a little bit, and hopefully we learn a thing or two. And then we're going to review it. That's right. We're going to rate it the tree. Uh, from zero to ten, we haven't we haven't I haven't confirmed this what with is, Casey. Uh, yeah, what is uh, what's your pitch here? I want to rate it zero to ten golden cones of honor. And honestly, I'm sold because so far that's the only submission. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I like it. Sometimes the first idea is the best idea. Yeah, <laughs> so far every single idea we've had has been the first idea. Yeah, because so, we're just kind of uh, falling yeah, into this. Honestly, we might have to reevaluate that stance, <laughs> but anyway, I'm for it no matter what. Yeah, we're we're ex- we're excited. We're going to we're going to have a good time. Casey, this is going to be great. Let's jump right the heck in. All right, let's get into it. Casey. Wow. What a trip down memory lane, Alex. <laughs> we we were commenting while that was going that uh the 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 starkest change 
was that I sound like a 15 year old boy. <laughs> I think we were just excited. So like our voices were like at a higher register. Yeah. We were a little nervous. We were speaking through a smile as they say. Exactly. So oh. now I'm going to speak through a frog. <sighs> that was that certainly was a long time ago. I loved it. I think you actually you, you proposed Golden Cone of Honor that moment. Like you just sprung it on me. Yeah. I don't think we talked about it before that. No, I don't think so either. And also the other thing about that is the uh like we've we've got new microphones that yes. I always think that sounds fun to listen to and be like, oh listen to that. Yeah, you know, I was using a large a large diaphragm condenser mic. Yeah, that's right. Which you're just you shouldn't be doing if you're making a podcast. Very fair. Now we're on a couple of pro dynamic mics. And, wow, uh, sounding good. Thanks, everyone. Your support has made us our podcast literally better. <laughs> yeah, because of the Patreon, we were able to buy these nice new microphones. <laughs> uh, Alex, that was we recorded that in uh, December of 2020. Wow, that's when we actually did that, and I remember it was a completely different time in my life, certainly. Oh and yeah, yours as well. That was right yeah. in the thick of the pandemic. Yeah, what was going on? I had I had lost my job to COVID. Yeah, earlier that year, and I think that was just it. It might have been just after they started to do the very first round of uh, like uh, payment and like unemployment kind of right, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I so that's I think that was soon after that. But I had been coming over to your house because you you lived all alone and you didn't have any uh, anybody. And you're like, Casey, uh, th- I've been in my apartment for weeks now. Yeah. And I was like, Alex, we're, let's be in a bubble together. Pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember coming over and like bringing beers and we would uh, we would like sit and watch TV or something for a while. Our, our lives are certainly different. And I think our, so, yeah. This, it, honestly, a huge part of it is this podcast. I completely agree. It yeah. was, uh, what we had someone ask a, a question we were on, um, a little local kind of arts and culture show. Yeah. Creative and mornings. Creative mornings. Yeah. And they like, Hey, well, so what, what inspired this whole thing? And both of us kind of looked at each other and we're like, we were in kind of a dark place. Like <laughs> yeah. everything was kind of awful and we just needed to put some creative energies out there to put, just to do something. Yeah. And that's what we came up with. Yeah. And actually, you know, if, Every once in a while, somebody will write us, a listener will write us saying that we have, and I'm not, I'm certainly not patting ourselves on the back. I just think this is a nice thing that you and I are, you know, help them get through dark times Mm, by listening to the podcast. And that honestly is so much more important to me than, uh, you know, download numbers and Patreon subscribers. And although, please, I I love all (laughs) of our patrons and I'm very grateful for you. But emotionally, it means so much more to me when people say that uh, we have helped them during a time of sorrow because that's what I use podcasts for. Mm. The Doughboys got me through the death of my mother, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and I hope that's not too much. I hope that doesn't put too much pressure on you, Nick and Mitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, like, don't mess up. Okay, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 very. Yeah, it's uh, it was we made it because we were having a hard time in our lives. Mm-hmm. And it helped other people get through hard times in their lives. Yeah, yeah. Because at the, at that time, it was I was in my room working uh, for the city, which was also my office, and wow, we were yeah. about to move out because you know a bunch of things happened in my housing situation that I didn't expect, I didn't want, and I was it was just like 
everything was kind of falling apart around me and all my plans were changing. So I was just sitting there and it was also in, uh, when we initially came up with it in November. So it was like some of the darkest, dreariest days. Yeah. It was right after we had some of the most intense fires in Oregon that we've had in decades. The entire sky for a week was like this, this like pallid jaundice yellow color. Ugh. And you couldn't breathe because everywhere was smoky, but our house had no air conditioning, so it was like also hot. So it was just, everything mm. was awful that fall. And I remember uh, bringing this up, and it was like we hit the ground running. And looking back, I, you know, at the time, I was like, yeah, Alex is into this. We're having a good time. This is, this is really good. And I was into it, and we, we both really liked it. Mm -hmm. But then now looking back, as we've now done it for 100 episodes, and we've you know, developed and we've become more attuned to ourselves and what we're trying to do, it, be, it went from being a hobby to a professional thing we're doing. And it also at the time was like, uh, all I wanted to do, like I put all my efforts into it because I was like so excited. Yeah. It was the only thing that was giving me excitement in Same. my life. Yeah. And I was just like, let's do this. And it was also something that I really wanted to do for a long time. I talked about a podcast with a friend when I lived in Seattle five wow. years prior to that. <clears throat> yeah. So it, you know, things changed. They didn't work out. But at the, at that moment when we went for it and just, jumped into something that neither of us have ever done before and found everyone out there who's like, this is perfect. This is helping me get through this time. It, yeah, it really helped us do it too. So I, we've always talked about it being a community and it's really nice that, uh, that it is, you know, even yeah. though, you know, it's an internet community and a lot of people are like, are those real communities? And I'm like, they absolutely yeah, are, especially sure. how we interact and especially how, um, how often I hear from people, um, in that community has like exploded up and has kind of boiled over into a million different things and facets in our lives. Yeah. Which is, I think is really nice. I do too, Casey. So yeah, well, that was our first episode, Alex. That's right. Yeah. Came and here we are the... 99 later. Congratulations, my friend. Congratulations to you, Alex. Thank you. Let's do, let's give ourselves a nice little pat on the no, back. We'll, do it. we'll give ourselves a real pat on the back. Casey, usually at this point in the show, we do a Q and a, okay. But I, I think this is a kind of a perfect note to end the episode on. Well, all right. I think we should. And then Let's we'll, do that. We'll, uh, we'll, do, we'll do another Q&A later. Yeah. Maybe we'll do two next episode. <laughs> uh, twofer, maybe. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to these first 100 episodes of Completely Arbitrary. And if you just joined us, hey, here's to the next 100. That's right. Or however, you know, we can't promise anything. Yeah, we're going to do it as long as we can. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye. We'll see you next week, everyone. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>